Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect Podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, sports field, corporate leaders, and inspirational thought leaders around the world, each sharing their own truths and personal journeys. Today, I have none other than Mr. Evan Carmichael, whose work aside is somebody I personally have admired for quite the time. Yes, the successes, the accolades, absolutely amazing. But who this man is behind the scenes? Just wow. Evan Carmichael believes in entrepreneurs. Gary Vaynerchuk called him the DJ who inspires people, and Ed Milet called him the modern-day Napoleon Hill. At 19, he built, then sold a biotech software company. At 22, he was a venture capitalist, raising 500000 to $15 million. He now runs a YouTube channel for entrepreneurs with over 3 million subscribers and 500 million views, wrote four books, and speaks globally. He wants to solve the world's biggest problem. People don't believe in themselves enough. Forbes named him one of the world's top 40 social marketing talents, and Inc. named him one of the 100 great leadership speakers and 25 social media keynote speakers you need to know. He set two world records, uses a trampoline and stand-up desk, owns Canada's largest salsa disco studio where he met his wife, and has a giant Doritos bag in front of him all day long to remind him that he's stronger than those Doritos. Toronto is his home, he's a husband, he's a father, League of Legends fan, and Timo Main. Without further ado, Mr. Evan Carmichael. First and foremost, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Good to be here. Thank you for waking up early to make this happen. Oh, always, always. Well, I've just gone into a, a full-out spec of, of what you've done, accolades aside, the success aside. The thing about IPC is about removing the mask and getting to know the person behind the profession. I know a lot about your story, but one thing that really strikes me is, as I say, remove the accolades and everything. The person you are and the passion you have for people and how much value you give, there's a story in that. So can you just give our audience a brief overview of your story, but where that passion comes about really wanting to get everyone to believe in themselves? What a question. What a great start, dude. Um, well, I mean, I think everybody everybody has a single most important core value. When you figure out what that is, it's what you want to give and share to the world. So why I believe is because I struggled the most to believe in myself. And even still now, like what's what's the difference between Evan in 2022 and Evan in 2032? Well, Evan 2032 believes in himself more than Evan 22, you know, and like everything that you have learned and gone through is what you want to ultimately serve and help other people with. So because I struggled so much to believe in myself, it's why I want to help other people believe in themselves more. And every time I do that, I believe in myself a little bit more as well. And so I think we've all got a single most important core value. And when you figure out what that is, uh, you want to spread it to the world. And in doing that, you heal yourself too. Um, I think, I think we're built to serve. I think humans want to serve. I think we all want to feel like we're doing something that matters and that today is going to matter. You know, we, we all want to wake up and feel like today is going to matter to somebody that we're going to make something, talk to somebody, create something that's going to touch somebody else's life in some way. And I think I, 
I think that's everybody. I think for me, I got that mostly from my mom who just wanted to serve and wanted to help and wanted to make a difference and seeing her do it on a bigger stage. Uh, and she, she led a life as public service and seeing her do that made me want to do something on a bigger stage. Um, I think some of us want to go change the world. You know, you and I, big mission, let's change the world. Let's go do stuff. And other people I look at my wife, like, doesn't have ambitions to change the world, but still wants to serve the 25 people who are closest to her and much more rooted in the one-on-one relationships and super tight, deep personal connections. Um, so either way though, you, everybody wants to serve. And if you're feeling depressed or lonely or unhappy or suicidal, a lot of it is because you just feel like you don't matter and you don't mean anything to anybody else. And if you're feeling like today does matter and you're going to have an impact on somebody else's life, that's the path to happiness and fulfillment. So what a question to start off the show. Let's go, Glenn. <laughs> See, I, I, I go different and this is going to go even deeper for you, Evan, because I'm glad that you touched upon the depression and everything there because it's all about imperfectly perfect and uncovering everything. But one of the things that stands out to me in your story, which I wanted to go into depth on, was this whole piece around when you was younger, you did see or your parents noticed some behavioral patterns changing, you, you, you became withdrawn and you saw a child psychologist. Further to that, there was one lady called Mrs. Farr who helped you believe in yourself. Now, what I wanted to know in your story when I was reading this is she helped you believe in yourself. So where you are now and all the successes, if Mrs. Farr was in front of you right now, what would you like to say to her? Wow. Um, just thank you. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for being a support system for me. Thank you for taking the time and for caring. And a lot of this is because of the faith that you had in me. And I'm super grateful. You know, I mean, that that would be somewhere along those lines. You're getting me all emotional thinking about my my French teacher from high school. <laughs> she was French teacher as well. So what, what, was she making you believe in yourself in, in French whilst learning simultaneously? Oh. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I mean, interesting. So here's what happened. I mean, I, I went to French immersion school and I had a lot of, I had a lot of, and dive in wherever you want, you know, like I love, might tell some interesting stories we haven't told before. So this is cool. Um, I went to a French immersion school and had a lot of behavioral problems. I, I, I had an undiagnosed hearing problem, which did not help. Um, but I had, I had a lot of nervous tics. I still have some that pop up every now and then you may see my ears twitch up and down. Um, but they were a lot worse before. And it was French all day. Like you learned math in French, you learned everything in French. And I went to see a child psychologist and, uh, I didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know what a child psychologist was. I had to look at pictures of butterflies and ink patterns and whatever. And like, what do you see? And we played games and the, con- the conclusion was you, you have to get Evan out of that school. So they took me out of that school and they brought me into a new school, which ended up being way better for me. Uh, the caveat was I was kick ass at French because <laughs> I learned everything in French. Right. So when I got to this new school, I forget what grade I was in grade six or something, uh, grade five, I think I was already as good at French as like the people who are graduating high school, right? Not because I'm a genius. And actually languages are hard for me, but because I just spent two years in complete French immersion doing everything in French. Mm. 
And so when I got into high school, I, I skipped way ahead. So I was in grade nine or grade 10 and I was put in like the, the, the graduating class, French class. So I was the, by far the youngest by like three or four years in that class. And I'm the freshman and they're the seniors and I'm in their class and I'm kicking their ass with French. Again, not because I'm a genius, but because I already learned this stuff. <laughs> yep. And Madame Farr was my teacher in that class. And I was getting picked on like crazy. And like seniors are never nice to the freshmen, let alone like if they're in their same class and they're losing to them at that subject. Um, and so she always kind of looked out for me and asked me how I was doing and made sure that I wasn't being picked on too much and kind of was a shield for me in, in that class. Um, then when I became a senior, every student got to pick a teacher to be what they call their teacher mentor. And I just remembered Madame Farr and I said, Hey, how about Madame Farr? She was so helpful for me. And most of the students never ended up even going to meet their teacher mentor. And we just, she just said at times that, Hey, how about every whatever Thursday, half an hour before class starts. And I would be there and show up Thursday before class. And she, uh, I don't even remember what she said. You know, there was no like one moment that I really think that like that conversation was the one, but she just sat there and we talked for half an hour every week. And she just asked me how I was doing and supported me and um, answered whatever questions and helped me navigate kind of the next step. High school is a, can be a rough place for a lot of people and just helped me navigate all of that and was able to have, I guess, conversations with an adult that for whatever reason, I don't want to come home and tell my parents about it because, and I love my parents, but you know, yeah. <laughs> you don't always want to share everything with your parents when you're a teenager. Uh, so yeah, she was very supportive and helpful and service on a very individual level, right? So like not trying to change the world, but trying to change one student at a time who comes through her path. And, uh, think I've taken some of those elements into the work that I do in terms of coaching entrepreneurs and helping them and, and trying to spread belief. I'm really just trying to be a, either my, my parents or, or Madame Farr or Mrs. Farr um, for the, for the world and for the entrepreneurs that I come across. Love that. I love that. And I, you know what? I would love to say if I had the ability to do one of those surprises where I go, Evan, just look to your right. I've just organized Mrs. Far to turn up. Just, <laughs> it would be amazing. You know, I'm so nervous about it because, because I don't know what I would, it's like you're, I'm, I haven't thought about it and I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude that I, I would probably just hug her and not have words. Uh, do you know where she is these days? Like, it, I don't, I don't even know if she's still alive. You know, I don't um, know. I, I tried looking her up after, cause this is 20 years ago. Mm. You know, I'm 42. I graduated when I was, when you graduate, 19, 18, 19. So this is like 23, 24 years ago. I, I have no idea. I remember when I was in a couple years out of university, I tried to look her up. Um, if, if she was still at the school, but she had left the school. Mm. So she wasn't teaching her anymore. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know wow. where she's at. There's an old, um, I don't know if it's still on because I live in Australia, but there's a thing in the UK called This Is Your Life where the, oh, the yeah. presenter brings every single person. That oh, would be incredible. But further on to that, so Mrs. Farr obviously made a huge impact in your life. So with a lot of the external stuff that people see, you, you've interviewed some of the biggest names in the world. I mean, you're on the platform with all these people. Your platform's a lot bigger than a lot of these people, but... 
if I could remove all that, the accolades and everything, as I always say, you know, when people talk about the five people that you want to be around are these people, these people on an external, that looks great. But on an internal, the person that you are, Evan, what would you say means the most to you about those five people around you and some of these big names that you've interviewed? Take everything they've achieved away. What is the commonality between all of them that you like? Between all of the people who I guess I'm hanging out with who are like the hyper achievers, um, it's the ambition and the drive and the, and the, they all have the self doubt and they all have the insecurities, like big name people who you would recognize have no idea what they're doing and like don't believe in themselves to do, but then they just do it. Mm-hmm. So they feel the same thing that, that we feel, but then they just still show up and they go off and they do it. That's probably the thing that I, take away and respect the most when you're sitting around the dinner table or whatever, and you hear what they're working on and what they're concerned about. It's like, they have all the same problems that I have, (laughs) all the same insecurities and thoughts that I have. Uh, But they're just, they just get up and do it and they don't overthink and they just start. Um, So that's probably the one most common thing. That being said, I'd I'd say uh, there's that group of the high level kind of achievers, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, right? But then there's also, like I get the ambition and drive and, and ideas and big thinking maybe for them. But then also there's other groups of people I like to hang out with who uh, may not be as successful, but inspire me in different ways. You know, like even doing that, like you is great. You're here. Like you woke up at whatever time, four thirty <laughs> in the morning or whatever to, to be here and do this and asking great questions and caring and researching the story and, we're recording this on the Thursday and Thursday is always my interview day. And I'll, I'll, I've had like interviews and podcasts all day long. And I make those yes or no decisions purely based off of vibe. Mm. You know, the guy before you right here was like one of his first shows, Wow! but I love the vibe. Yeah. Like I love, I wish somebody had taken a chance on me when I was first getting started and maybe me going on makes a difference for him that gives him momentum to carry on. Um, I've been people's first guests on their show and then they never release it. Like they never even release that episode or, or they release the one episode and then, and then that's it. And they stop. And I've also had other people who five years later come and find me and say, like, you changed my life when we had that conversation. Right. And so not every, not all of them are going to be like that, but when you stay in the game long enough, is basically being the Madame Far or Mrs. Far for people as well, where you do your best and have an impact. And for some people, it's actually quite meaningful. And so being around people who are heart-driven and want to make an impact, even regardless of where they're at on their stage, how ambitious or how uh, much material success they had, is also super fun for me to be around because that lights up my soul. Yeah. I think if you notice, though, it's like that vibe, what you talk about when people are genuinely invested in wanting to hear someone's story, because I don't think people realize that they can change someone's life by turning their pain into their purpose and just sharing that story. And as we see with social media, you're on it, you're everywhere. There's a lot of these young entrepreneurs these days and no judgment, but they go from this. I can make you X amount in this short amount of time but they actually miss out on that process if that's what they're leading by. So for anyone out there that's struggling, 
just just releasing this book called Pay Forward Notes to My Younger Self. What would you say to a young entrepreneur, Evan, or anyone listening, the audience, as in really relaxing and surrendering that control and enjoying the process? Because I know you were a perfectionist, but you've you, you've pulled back from that now, yeah? I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> I I uh I lost a forty million dollar deal when I was twenty one or something, uh, and that taught me a lesson. <laughs> and I think you know all the lessons that we we learn the hard way. We try to make it easier for people to not have to learn the hard way, yeah. right? And sometimes that's the only way people learn. But sometimes people can learn through inspiration just as much as through desperation. And so the goal becomes how can I how can my story be an inspiration to others and, and yours and all of us? Like your, I agree, your purpose comes from your pain. Whatever you struggled with the most is what you want to help others through. And honestly, everything I make is for 19-year-old Evan. You know, like 19-year-old Evan, hardest decision in my life was do I go take the six-figure investment banking job and travel around the world or be with this company, have 30% equity and make 300 bucks a month? And I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, being an entrepreneur 20 years ago was also a lot crazier than it is now. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to quit and I did quit. I quit for one day on my business partner and just nothing was working, man. When you're not making money and you're trying and you're working like crazy and just getting zero results, uh, you can only go so long before you quit. And especially when you're 19 and you don't have the tools and you don't know what you're doing and just trying to figure it all out. Uh, and so, yeah, quitting on my business partner was one of the worst days of my life. And that was in my first year. So 19. And so I'm really, everything I make, this interview is, is channeling 19 year old Evan because there's millions of people out there right now who are that. And it's why I love, I love wherever you take the, like, I love the questions. I love going in a different path. It's, it's easy to ask the standard question. So Evan, tell me about yourself. Hmm. Oh, you have a new book. Why did you write momentum? And what does it mean? Like the same basic, easy to answer question. But I love it when people go into their own curiosity and uncover a little bit more because it hopefully in that new story about Madame Far, maybe that inspires somebody um, to make a shift in their life, which is at the end of the day, all we want to do. Like you're hoping somebody watches this, listens to this and makes a shift in their life. And then they come back and they tell you, Glenn, that show that you made really meant something to me. And here's why. Yeah. Yeah. And as a recovering perfectionist, attesting to the campaign, what does being in perfectly perfect mean to you now, Evan? It's, it's um, looking at yourself with kindness and recognizing that the mistakes you made in the past, you did the best you could with what you had, you know, like I think a lot of us spend so much time looking backwards and say, Oh, I wish I did this. I wish I, I did. I wish I started this then. I wish I talked to her and told her this. And we just are constantly living with regret of what we wish we should have done or feel or judged ourselves or shouldn't should have done. And so it's looking back with kind of eyes to say, you you just, you did the best you could with what you had. Yeah. If you knew what you knew now, you would have done better. Yeah. But like at the time you did the best you could. And then it's, you now you have the capability to create something new and you, there may be a period of grieving for the, life that you lost or, or something that you lost, but now it's okay. You're, you are awesome and you can create something amazing. And the fact that you're 
uh, imperfect is the greatest gift of all. Because if you're the same as everybody else, well, look at everybody else. <laughs> are they happy with their lives? How many people are love their life? How many people wake up and drive to a job that they're just super jazzed about doing, right? Not many. And so why do you want to be like them? And it's then having the courage to then go off and find your thing because it's so much easier to fit into the textbook version of something instead of having the courage to deviate from the path and start to launch your own thing. Chances are the thing that you want to do that you could be great at. I think everybody has what I call Michael Jordan level genius at something like you're the greatest in the world at something, but that thing is not what you went to school for probably. And it's not what your parents did probably, you know, Glenn's parents were not podcasters, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, you're going to want to do something completely different. And, and the world is so much more open. The opportunities available to me compared to my parents at my age are completely different. Yep. Anybody listening, the the opportunities for your parents at your age is completely different. Like they may not have had a choice or they would have had to be completely crazy and off the deep end to go off and chase down their dreams. Like it was so much harder, but now there's a lot more that's possible. You know, if you wanted to, if I wanted to connect with Glenn on the other side of the world, I'm here in Canada, like it would have almost never happened. We'd be paying insane long distance phone calls or flying and taking forever. Like it just, we wouldn't have connected and now we're doing this and it's only getting easier. And so the ability to have success, both in terms of financial success, but also fulfillment success and happiness in a 2022, 2023, 2024 environment is just so much easier than it used to be. And you're actually rewarded for it now compared to before. Um, it's still a journey that you have to go down, but recognizing that all of the things that you have inside you, that's actually your greatest gift. All the things that you feel that you're judging yourself for is probably your greatest gift. Like that's the thing that's going to make you stand out and be unique and start to win both at life and inside your, your business or career. Guys, I want you to listen to that deep because that is some wisdom right there. And I am going to ask you the question before you go, Evan, because Momentum, Built to Serve, both incredible books. I want to know where people can find out more about them, about you. Um, where can we go? Because one of the things that I was never spiritual anything along this journey, it's come to me. And I know I don't believe in coincidence anymore. There was a certain period in my time where I suddenly came across you started going through all your things and, and implementing things to make my movement grow. And as, as much as you talking momentum and reading these books, it's all about even just getting started. And when you said Glenn's parents weren't podcasters, Glenn wasn't. Glenn went and met celebrities with his laptop and garage band. And I look back now and laugh and go, they must have thought, who the bloody hell is this guy? There's no makeup. There's no this. It was garage band. You remember on your laptop, you press play record. <laughs> that was it. I was like, nothing's changed. I lead by my imperfections. But Evan, I just want to thank you for your time. Where can people find out more about the book and what's coming up for you? Uh, you know, the book Momentum is the latest one. Amazon, easiest spot. You can find me on on you know YouTube or wherever. Whatever social media you're hanging out, I'm probably there. Um I was just looking at your logo though behind you and, and felt compelled, uh, speaking of no coincidences, um, just a message to not suffer alone. You know, it's easy to share your best moments on Instagram or wherever, 
but then we suffer in silence and suffer alone is probably the biggest mistake that I made as a human is shutting myself out from the world at a time when I most needed it. So when I had no money and I couldn't afford to do anything and, you know, my friends wanted to go out and I couldn't afford it. I would, I wouldn't say I couldn't afford it. I'd say I'm, Oh, I'm hustling. I'm living the entrepreneur life, you know, grinding on my business. Meanwhile, it's like $20 for pizza and beer was, I couldn't afford it. And I was too embarrassed and ashamed to, uh, to tell them because I'm sure we could have, they could have found the way somebody could have spotted me. We could have stayed in, like we could have easily done something, but I isolated myself at a time when I needed it the most. Um, there was a post that I saw recently on Instagram where somebody said, I'd rather hear your story than attend your funeral. And so um, if you're in a really down spot right now, just you don't have to suffer alone. You know, you, you, there's groups like maybe you can't talk to your parents or your friends or family, but there's groups, there's communities, reach out, join them even anonymously just to share your story because that little bit of connection could make the difference. And when you're really low, you're not thinking of changing the world. You know, you're not thinking of, I'm going to make this huge empire and I'm going to start my own show and I'm going to become this, have a million subscribers or whatever. You know, you're just trying to get by. Um, but if that's to you right now, if like, if you're looking at Glenn's logo and you're, you're in the happy face moment, cool. If you're in the happy face side, then the job becomes to reach back and help somebody up to get to where you're at. And if you're in the crying face side, then, then just as hard as it is, just don't be alone. Even anonymously find people that you can share your story with. Um, cause it makes all the difference in the world. Wow. And Evan, that just, I, I just want to say from me to you, that just makes me even more respectful of what you do and who you are as a person. Cause you lead by compassion. You're humble, the humility. You lead by your journey, sharing all the, the failures and everything that it goes in this day and age. Like you say, entrepreneurship, everyone's the highlights, but you lead from a different angle, which is a testament to everything that you've achieved. So. On behalf of myself, on behalf of IPC and our audience, I just want to thank you for everything that you do. Cool, man. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks again for waking up early. You're, you're way more energy than I do at that hour. And listen, anybody watching, the best thing to do for me, sure, you can buy the book, but go go give Glenn some love. You know, leave a comment on this video, give a review, you know, on iTunes or wherever wherever you're listening to. It doesn't take very long to just leave a little note or to give it a thumbs up or leave a review. And that stuff means a lot. So if you were, if you're staying all the way to the end and you're still listening to this, uh, a great little call of action to, to pay it forward is to go give some love on this, this uh, piece of content too. Thank you very much. So guys, listen to the man himself. I just want to say, keep having the hard conversations because it is the hard conversations that saves lives. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.